if you do it right, I would imagine, you know, if you didn't make a single new client, you could take the clients that you have and re resell them a different product or upgrade them. Or You're tuning in to the InsureBreak podcast. It's the podcast about the latest and greatest trends in insurance. I'm your host, Ash, and I invite you to join us as we interview experts and executives in insurance covering innovative practices, technology advancements, and insight into the future of insurance. This podcast is sponsored by Zelros. Zelros is an AI software solution for insurance to hyper-personalize the customer buying experience with insurance recommendations across all channels, boosting client acquisitions, cross-sell and upsell. In this episode, we sit down with Lance Taylor. Lance is a marketing partner at Epic Brokers and has worked in the insurance industry for over 17 years. He focuses on understanding Epic's growing product catalog and helps the sectors within Epic to drive customer activation. His specialty lies in mining customer insights and translating them into strategies for insurance products and services. Listen in to this episode to learn about how effective communication within an organization can boost revenue through awareness of cross-sell opportunities, how recommendation engines can be used to boost revenue from existing clients and to acquire new clients, and why it's so important to an insurance business's bottom line that diversity, equity, and inclusion are topics that are top of mind for insurance executives right now. Well, I guess we can start off if you can just tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into insurance and your and ex your experience in insurance uh, thus far. Yeah, you know, I've been in the insurance industry over 17 years now. I started my career as an internal sales partner for a boutique brokerage firm called Truemark Financial. And as that company grew, I advanced to the VP of Marketing and Sales. In 2019, our company was acquired by Epic Brokers and was absorbed into the life insurance and executive benefits arm of the company. And in April of this year, I was recruited onto the Marcom team of Epic, which oversees all the marketing practices within Epic and all the acquired companies within the ecosystem. Today, I'm speaking on my very first podcast, so I'm trying to be as well-rounded as possible. Nice, nice. Right now, like, I mean, obviously you're a VP of marketing, but what's top of mind for you right now? What are your, what's your day-to-day -day like? It, it changes. That's what, that's what I like about the marketing space. You know, it's, it's a dynamic space. You know, right now I'm focused on being an integration partner. Epic is large due to acquisition. So there's a lot of different industries that are just being absorbed into the ecosystem as a whole. I work across and collaborate with internal teams within our lack of a better word, ecosystem to build partnerships with stakeholders. You know, my role understands our growing product catalog and I help sectors within the Epic and ultimately help them grow. So I think, you know, top of mind is what are best practices and how are we all working together in an effective way to, to increase awareness and, and boost sales and predict productivity? Yeah, and I guess speaking of that, you know, obviously simplifying what's complex to better the customer experiences probably something that you think about a lot. Now, when I say the word silo, what comes to mind? You know, a lot of things. I think, um, you know, companies when they're, they're growing, they're big, a lot of people enter that space and don't know what's available to them. You know, when I first joined Epic in 2019, you know, I was overwhelmed by the amount of products and services that we offered. And I felt like a silo apart from the rest of the organization and unaware of all the opportunities that could be generated if we had the right tools in place. So now at the time, I didn't know what tools those are. So I think, you know, building awareness within a company and educating uh, 
an acquiree into that space is important, you know, but at the time I thought, what if we could take innovation to the next level by making our products work seamlessly across multiple channels? You know, this doesn't just make for better service, but it also makes it harder for customers to leave that ecosystem. You know, it's what makes Apple so impressive. You know, people buy headphones, phones, uh, TVs, all these things, and they all work seamlessly together. So they continue to keep buying them, even though they may not be the best at the, at the moment, they all work together and that's um, priceless. That Apple example, I think they're maybe slow to market on certain things, but it's because they're all working together. Maybe a Google, and I, you know, I'm not here to insult anyone and I don't actually know this for a fact, but I would imagine you know, a company like that, you know, they can just work independently and invent something. So for instance, if I'm where I am, I wanna invent this new tool, I'll just invent it and I don't have to check with everyone within the company. I'll just do it. Whereas in Apple's example, they have to figure out, well, I'm making this. How's it going to pair with my headphones? How's it going to pair with my TV and my phone and all the other devices that we have within our ecosystem? And I think that's true of the insurance space. You know, someone may dedicate themselves to a product and I was guilty of this myself, you know, and, and still probably continue to be in some ways. I worked with just life insurance. So that's all I wanted to know. I wasn't curious or I didn't want to know or how I didn't want to know how to work with other products because that's all I did. And doing so, there's that's where the missed opportunity is. Had we been talking and working together, I would have realized, oh, I just sold life insurance. The same guy could have got auto or home or um, you know, whatever. So then what are some of the drivers of that change? I think it boils down to the ever-evolving consumer, you know, although the insurance industry is lagging behind other domains in terms of digitalization, customer expectations are, are going to force companies to keep up with the speed of change. So as we speak, you know, the customer experience in the insurance space is being groomed and conditioned by other industries. You know, customers wake up in a world in which their very need can be addressed through their smartphones. So it's our job to figure out you know, how can we compete and offer products and services that are on par with these expectations? You know, how do we change the perception of life insurance um, through technology? A component of that, of that is uh, a recommendation engine, in my opinion. So I guess then how, how can a recommendation engine for somebody that might not know, how can that play a role in simplifying the complex? I think, you know, you said the words simplification, you know, simplicity, you know, how do we, how do we do that? I think that's what the focus should be on. And, you know, and that can be done in three ways, you know, by narrowing down the options, showing the right content at the right time and the packaging, the content presentation, you know, so let's use that Netflix case, for example, on how they narrow down options through simplicity, you know, think of the cocktail party effect, which is, a, is which is basically someone just tuning into a conversation that's just about them. Something happens when a customer sees or hears a solution that's relevant to their specific need. And Netflix does this well. So 80% of their watched content in the last two years is a direct result of Netflix's recommendation engine. And, you know, recommendation engines can offer some psychological comfort as well. So in that same example, Netflix's top 10 and trending now implies social proof, which is a potent tool in evaluating risk. So if I'm watching something that everyone everyone else is watching, then how can I go wrong? You know, when it comes to trying new things, consumers feel better um, when others have tried them first. So you know, they're a great 
use case on how recommendation engines distill an um, overwhelming amount of choices into a, a digestible format. We have a boring product, maybe, <laughs> you know, you know, can be seen as, you know, boring. We're not selling jet skis and they're products that are going to help us more than those things, in my opinion, but they're not necessarily seen as a commodity or, or important at the time until you're in a certain phase of your life. Um, for most people. And there's many products that are out there. People just say, oh, life insurance. There's one There's one life insurance. I'm here for the life insurance, please. Well, there's a ton of products. There's a ton of features. So those things become overwhelming. And that's where salespeople and marketing people have to distill that information and those choices down to a digestible format. And recommendation engines can help take all of those options. You know, the alternative is to ask a, a consumer every single question, like, do you need life insurance? Do you need dis- disability? Do you need LTC? Do you need auto? Do you need in the, you know, and they're going to go, no. And that's, and that may be true, but it may not be true. And then now it's isolated to that one interaction. So that recommendation engine extracts the, the opportunity from all the data points. So instead of approaching every client and with you know this one approach hey do you need these 30 things on this list right now can you check them off please you go well no you know you're my client let's talk about this but down the line maybe later on down the road they may need something else and that opportunity could have been extracted from a recommendations engines um data points and make and makes the connection um for a sale later on or another product within my product suite that I would have otherwise overlooked. Yeah. Like when you said Netflix initially, I was like, I remember it was like a couple of weeks ago when I got the recommendation for Peaky Blinders, like, Hey, Peaky Blinders is out, Ash, you got to watch it. I'm like, how did they know that I wanted to? So that, that's, 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 that's true though. Like some, most of the time, like, Oh yeah, I got, I'll watch that. But how, like, as a consumer, right, of insurance, how would that look to me? Like when you say Netflix, I automatically know what that means because I get those emails and I get those recommendations. Like if you're on Netflix, you see like top shows for you because you watch this or whatever. But how does that look? Uh, like maybe if you can give an example of like how it would look to me as a consumer coming in like through email. Or, I'm just curious how that would look. Yeah, we'll, we'll use an example where we're already working together. You bought a term policy from me Um a couple of years ago at the time, you know, that's what you needed, but now you bought a house. We, we get to talking. And since then I was just by myself, but now I'm a part of Epic in this case. Now you're a business owner, you have a winery, you're, you live in California. Now all of a sudden my product suite has fire insurance and or wildfire insurance or winery insurance. You're a little older now. So I look through your you know, your file, let's say, and I I go through there. Now it's paired some of the things people in your age group, your stage of life, because I've made notes, um, you know, you have two children, you um, are business owner, have that winery I mentioned, and now it's connecting the dots and it's picking um, and it's, it's cataloging and going through my product suite and saying, Hey, you may also be interested in X, Y, Z. And that, you know, to equate that, what that would look like, that's the, you know, hey, Peaky Blinders is out, Ozark season four is out, check it out. You know, those are the things where I look and say, you know, hey, we're talking, you know, you mentioned you own a business, by the way, I, ha- I also offer business insurance. 
And those are things that can be uncovered through conversation anyway, but what those things do in the overall scheme of things in terms of, you know, what I was talking about um, with Apple is it gives other people who may not have that intuitiveness, the ability to extract and find opportunities as well. What, what makes that case useful is I have to be interacting with you, but I could have an admin or someone who in, inputs data or someone in another part of the company, if all of our information is interconnected, may say, hey, listen, I was looking, I just searched for the keyword uh, winery and your client came up. I, you know, we just, we just added wineries, uh, winery insurance to our product suite. Um, you know, would it be okay if I called your client? Oh yeah, you know, he's actually here. Here's his contact information. I asked you, is that okay if my colleague calls you and then you guys talk and generate um, a sale out of that? What value does a recommendation engine bring to an insurance company from the three aspects of client loyalty, cross-sell and upsell? And then bringing in new revenue, bringing in new business. It enhances that that relationship, that that word of, that word of mouth uh, that every market marketer covets. That's the best thing you can get from a client is that word of mouth recommendation um, and evangelism. That enhances that relationship because now you know you can say, "Oh, I have the best guy." You know, you always hear, "I have the best dentist." Oh, call my guy; he'll take care. Tell him I sent you; he'll take care of you. And that's the kind of relationship we want to build that we offer as much value as possible. So they didn't just buy something from us. They bought a relationship and someone that's looking out for them. So for my mortgage company, they'll send me, oh, it's your birthday. And those are little things, but I still talk, I still talk to them, you know, oh, the housing market and they'll refer me to certain people and oh, talk to this person. And, and, and in doing that, that relationship, I've recommended, you know, three different people to them because they keep me afloat on the industry and, and reach out, you know, I'll get cookies on my porch. I was in the area, that kind of thing. And I know we can't do that to everyone, but that's that client loyalty. And what that equates to um, on the insurance side is we're offering them value. We're offering them solutions to things that, and bringing up questions and conversations that they didn't know they should be having right now. And because ultimately we're, you know, a keystroke away from being replaced by something else, another option. So if I'm not offering you life insurance, someone else, they're going to get it from someone else if they need it. Um, the the cross-sell and upsell opportunity, it connects us all in the in that ecosystem, like I said. Uh, or for a specific example, I used um, in this deck I put together, our company is made up of 20% salespeople and the rest are in operations. And those people in the operations, those 80%, are exposed to the process and clients and you know imagine having those people having a sales mind um, their sales hat on when they're interacting with these people and op and recognizing opportunities and seeing correlations between products and relationships and saying hey why don't you um, hey i'm filling out this form i notice um, these things about this client you know they overlap you know with this other client and you know from another different industry or vertical within the org you guys should be talking together or that's an opportunity because oftentimes we have the same clients and we're not talking to one another and you know kind of kind of in the same way you know new revenue that that those are new revenue new revenue opportunities they help create opportunities and drive engagement and create awareness for other things and in doing so you know over time those people 
that were otherwise had tunnel vision on their product are, are starting to look and think a different way and think, how can I help my colleagues in this area? Or how can I identify opportunities and other cross-sell and upsell opportunities um, within my own client base or within my own practice? And that's where, you know, rep, new revenue would come from, from within, you know, if you were, if you do it right, I would imagine, you know, if you didn't make a single new client, you could take the clients that you have and re- resell them a different product or upgrade them or cross sell them. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Like when I'm making a life change or when you moved or when you start a business, it'd be great if, so, if like something came to your inbox or somebody just, Hey, this is a recommendation for you instead of going out and looking for it. That makes a lot of sense. So now like on a more personal note to share your thoughts kind of on diversity, equity and inclusion in the insurance space, where do you think the industry is now? You know, where can the industry improve? I think a lot of progress is, has been made in terms of creating awareness. You know, from my own experience, I don't see a lot of people that look like me in meetings. And that's not to say there isn't diversity in the insurance industry. It just seems to be segmented-based diversity. Um, you know, where I see the most diversity is in certain departments of the insurance business, like claims or HR. And I feel that other areas of the business can be missing out on unique perspectives from underrepresented groups. So, you know, employees are going to be looking to company leaders to lead the charge on this issue. You know, I, and I would say to those leaders, you know, just be kind and be fair. Look past appearances and evaluate on merit and character. You know, everyone will, will work harder for someone that values them, no matter where what their race or gender is. And I think when people see that, I think that'll initiate change and, you know, an an appreciation that, you know, may have been lacking um, or deficient in most, in most jobs and most spaces. When people feel like they're being treated fairly, they they don't attribute it to, uh, they may, when they aren't treated fairly, they may attribute it to their race when it has nothing to do with that. Um, It just might feel that way, but when everyone's treated fairly and treated well, you know, it, it doesn't really become a factor. I think, oh, I got a raise because I'm doing a great job. I didn't think I got a raise because of my race or anything. You know, a woman may say that too. Oh, I just got a raise. And it's, you know, it's, but it was because they're valued. And when you treat people like that, I think it kind of diminishes that race, gender, um, component from the conversation and just becomes about the person, not necessarily the race or anything. So be nice, be kind, be fair to people, and they'll appreciate it. They'll work harder for you and they'll start to not feel looked over because of their race or their gender. That's kind of where I see it. And I, and I think we're, I think we're headed in the right direction. The final question we have is if you could go back 20 years, what advice would you give to the younger Lance? (laughs) Younger Lance, take more chances speaking up more or networking more or raising my hand or volunteering more in the workspace. You know, I've discovered later in my career that people like to be helped. They like to partner and collaborate and they like to build together. You know, I've learned that so much is possible when these connections are formed. And as a result of this, I've formed some really great friendships and learned so many new skill skills and have learned how to think more critically and creatively and, and I and I wish I had known that sooner or started sooner. I just kind of stuck to myself and just kept my head down and just 
you know, did what I need to do and then would go home and go for a run or whatever it was, you know, and that's fine. But I, I've seen the the friendships, the professional friendships and, and what's possible with extending yourself out to more people and taking more chances. And I, and I like that path better. So I wish I knew that sooner. So I would definitely have told myself that. This podcast is sponsored by Zelros. Zelros is an AI software solution for insurance to hyper-personalize the customer buying experience with insurance recommendations across all channels, boosting client acquisitions, cross-sell and upsell. Thank you for tuning in to the InsureBreak podcast. Join us next month as we interview another insurance executive to gain insight on innovative practices, technology advancements, and what the future of the industry looks like. See you next month.